I'm Lisanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in, meaning I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animal's View podcast. There are times when I record these podcasts that I think, now Lizanne, the animals in the universe I'm hearing <laughs> want you to strike a middle ground as much as possible with humans and to do so with neutrality and clarity, something that the people who are going through the Master Language Immersion course in the Animal's View Academy know quite a bit about at the end of the course, which sets them up for heading into if they so choose the animal ambassador course, because that's how the animals and frankly, the universe roles is with clarity and neutrality. As humans, we have our own empathic filter. And I would say fairly so across all demographics, including those of the highly sensitive body types whose filters may simply be different and let in more of the outside vibrations and frequencies than the non- highly sensitive body types. Still, the majority of humans and modern day ones, because I think our relationships actually with animals historically have been different, and decidedly so on both ends of the spectrum, turn away from the neutrality of, say, the predator and prey partnership, because we don't see, literally, the threads of energy that bind one to the other in an actual partnership. We tend to see that relationship as more of a win-lose proposition for a myriad of reasons I've already shared and will continue sharing at some point in the future, I'm sure. Because truth be told, it's the middle ground to which humans are moving, I think, by and large as a species. Shocker, I know. And perhaps it doesn't seem to be that way. Keep in mind those filters we all have are also part of how we view the members of our own species, of course. A majority of humans know this, and it continues to this day, which frankly, the animals find a bit shocking, this hyper-focusing on the minute differences such as skin color and culture that seem to, quote, break you apart from within, the animals say. They go on, quote, given your almost identical physical vehicles, which are actually designed for the greatest collective awareness possible amongst one species on the planet versus the rest of the animal species, it is inconceivable that you focus on what perceptions, keyword, separate and ignore the overwhelming logical case for unity, balance and partnership, end quote. The shift on the part of humans towards at least the middle ground would perhaps be seen as science as evolution, and yet I don't think very much has changed about the human body that we know of, of course, which may be quite small by comparison to how the animals know our bodies over, say, the last 300 years. It is, however, the external environment, our own haves and have-nots, wrongs and rights, and our own perspectives, pointing fingers at who's to blame now that keep us from our own incandescent centers 
that keep us separate from our own true selves, that I do see evidence of that external environment shrinking and perhaps coalescing into a more neutral and clear-eyed view of our collective internal world. This is my worldview from partnering with humans and animals the world over, whose incredible investment in their relationships can absolutely have a ripple effect in the language of energy. How could it not? When I see the dedication and the humility of the human adult to say, you know, I hadn't considered that point, the animals I view before, and now I can, because I can feel that it just feels better to me to do that. Not that it's an easy process, this shift, of course, just that it feels better. And so that's the middle ground I strive to represent, that while illuminating the light and the contrast and the contrast and the light, humans can begin to feel in the midst of our own energetic shifting that we are finding our way and that we are capable of so much more than we think together. Keep in mind that the perception of perhaps the contrast growing louder or stronger is also what we may see sometimes on the outside of an animal who is beginning their transition, interestingly enough, in the face of what they perceive, keyword again, a predator. And this contrast perhaps will usually be seen that way by humans with our win-lose perspective, that duality. We want to see a good fight, perhaps. We want to see a winner and a loser. And when the loser puts on a particularly good fight and even gains steam at the very end of the fight, we cheer even louder. Hmm, the animals would say. Who's the real animal now? And this struggle for me, you know, it's real, this middle ground. (laughs) Because I hear my own inner critic projected outward in covert narcissism. And hey, we literally all have a measure of it, remember? And as an aside, you know what? I happen to get a non-coincidental message from the universe reflected in the fact that Taylor Swift referred to her own covert narcissism in her lyrics in a recent song this past week. And so I think, you got to give the people hopeless, Anne. That's what they need from you. Animals want you to be sure to present information not withholding anything, and then frost it all up with a big dollop of hope. And to a certain extent, that's their hook for us, right? They know this. We don't, perhaps. The hope that there is more of everything, which is the more we look for in order to face, or so we perceive, not only our own contrast, but also the contrast that we perceive exists on planet Earth. And it does. To a certain extent, this is the middle ground I want to hold space for in client sessions and group classes. I want to be nothing less than authentic, kind of goofy, slightly anxious, always, <laughs> geeky to an extreme perhaps, and able to laugh, hopefully, first and foremost at myself, so that others can be free to laugh at themselves, and perhaps also if they choose, with me. Humor being the grease of the universe, after all. It's how I perceive my guides and the universe sees me in human experience, and through which they know they must enter first so as to connect with the galactic visitor within, because that's the way the animals roll after all, at least so I perceive in my experience. 
and I return again to review how energy is speaking to me, and I think, was it a balance of partnership and unity and a partnership between unity and balance? If I feel something is lacking, I'm definitely going to see where I can shift back into neutral clarity with the large size of heart-based compassion thrown in for everybody involved. Truth, yes. Kind, yes. Necessary, yes. Those three are the boxes I like to check at the very end. So in essence, making sure all is in harmony often means going through a process using the master language of energy that's part of the academy courses and part of my soon-to-be-released, fingers crossed, Lord willing and all that, book by arriving at clarity neutrality. The participants in the course may tell you that initially it feels a bit cumbersome, this process, yet by the end of the course, it's second nature. This listening to the body and subtracting the filters of human experience to get to the energy underneath. Remember, energy never lies and neither does the body. That's an incapable state for both of them. And as humans, we can pretend to look away or deny all we want. That's always just for naught, though. To be sure, it's mostly about, for me, and again, we're all individuals, bringing in just enough light to illuminate the greatest contrast of all, which is the structure, to be clear, of the human experience, not the beings inside of the structure, the structure itself. Because that means then from that place, I can view my own individual contrast within that structure and to a certain extent set the intention of, I choose to shift that on an individual basis just because it feels good to do so. And secondarily, I can say, I can choose not to resonate with the human experience roller coaster structure in all of its rickety wooden glory because, let's face it, even any modern roller coaster structure of gleaming metal is just a redo of what came before. So I can arrive at a place that approximates the harmony, the one word message from chimpanzee for today's podcast within my own experience that all animals feel every single moment on earth. Because for them, there is no filter, no other structure that attempts to deny who, where, why, and how they are. It's just pure, unadulterated joy at being. The prompted message from Chimpanzee comes from, you guessed it, a New York Times article entitled, quote, Chimps Catch Insects to Put on Wounds. Is it Folk Medicine? The link will be in the podcast notes for you. For me, it's a bit cringy of a title. Perhaps you might agree with me, because always in human experience, we have to, seems literally have to, insert ourselves into the equation with animals. See, there goes my own harmony out the window. (laughs) I'll have to address personhood for animals at some point, because now there's a topic with a fair amount to share, (laughs) for sure. In other words, what if... Instead of comparing the actions of animals to something that's human-like as if, and certainly it's not a leap to say as the conclusions were in this case, the chimpanzee was merely copying the actions of humans or another species, we might just go a step further and say, oh, 
They are much more like us than we thought, and although still different in many ways, their especially altruistic nature of using an insect to put on a wound of a fellow chimpanzee without getting anything in return might just be a model for us to do better within our own species. Insert emoji of the brain being blown. So that instead of elevating ourselves above them with the copying and all that and saying, well, we're evolved from chimpanzees especially, and moreover, we're better than what they are now, so that we might say the ancient history of chimpanzee of caring for each other within a family group or relationship can be the best part of ourselves, and yet we've seemed to lost it along the way. Even now, you can feel that mirror of a contrast coming in and you might even feel within your own body of, ooh, just like looking in a mirror on a bad hair day. I don't think I want to look at that and say, well, chimpanzees are sharing, (laughs) of all things, insects on wounds of each other and not expecting anything in return. That perhaps might not ever come to happen because it calls for one of those filters, a good size one to be removed, exposing the deep, somewhat gaping and festering wound within human experience that we've yet to come to terms with, even through all of our supposed advancement as a species, that we still treat each other as separate from the whole and as measured against what we perceive we don't accept about ourselves. That's, of course, in a nutshell. The article talks about researchers studying, since 2005, the chimpanzees of the Luongo National Park in Gabon on the west coast of Africa, and that from a period of about 15 months, 76 open wounds were seen on 22 chimpanzees, and the numbers really aren't particularly meaningful here. In 19 instances, though, they watched the chimp in question, putting an insect directly on the wound as if like a salve. And in a few instances, a chimp was seen helping another chimp using the same technique. It involved catching the insect, likely killing it by squeezing it between their lips and then applying it to the wound. And in some instances, several times, as in putting the insect on the wound and then taking it off and then repeating the process from the start. The article goes on to talk about whether or not this is actually medicinal in treating the wound as some animals consuming other species, plants usually, to self-medicate, just like humans do. (laughs) And it seems to be important to state that in no other non-human mammals have insects be seen to be used specifically for what humans perceive as fixing something on or in the body that needs fixing, which of course is another of our filters right? That the body must be fixed from whatever is wrong with it, regardless of the soul path significance of the physical manifestation. My own body's MS is a classic example for me of this in this lifetime. They go on to state that because they haven't seen it in other mammals, they thought that perhaps this might be learned behavior within this specific group, this establishment of empathy, or as chimpanzee would put it, harmony within a group. And still, as stubborn as science can be, the quote from the article that leaps out at me is, quote, it's still interesting to ask whether there is empathy involved in this as it is in humans. Oy vey. <laughs> and so, on to the message of harmony from chimpanzee. Their energy at first alignment is quite similar to my own, particularly in 
the mental and the emotional bandwidth, I guess I would say um, a better word would be compatibility. Thank you for that. They just said use compatibility instead. And yet there's an earthy quality to it, a groundedness that reminds me very much of Gorilla. Quote, well, naturally, they say we're the same, Gorilla, you and I at least somewhat genetically, and even at that, you are morphed, their word, from our original design. I'm inserting here. And at this, there is some clairvoyance of dinosaurs flying through the air and whatnot. It's very quick. They say that's another conversation for another time, referring to, I think, evolution in general among species. And I got to tell you, it is always fascinating, these conversations. So, to continue for them. Quote, When you ask why we use the insects, we say they have a unique ability to regenerate and heal themselves, and in our harmonizing with them, we are seeking to gather their wisdom for self-healing into our own bodies. And where you see destruction of them by our squeezing them in our lips and then placing them in our wounds, we say that only in this way can some partnerships be best served on this planet of current fixed duality. The insects are revered by our species as they outnumber us and could cause irritation if in overabundance, which is why you see us grooming each other. And so, in a second way of harmony with them, we reestablish equilibrium in our own bodies, help their numbers to remain at proper sustainable levels, and have the benefit of establishing a mode of care between ourselves that feels good. What else is there on this planet, after all, than feeling good? The very harmony you seek cannot be cured by a rejection of all that bugs you, their pun intended, I think, because it only causes that which bugs you to increase. Only by interacting with this irritation with clarity can you begin to gain insight into its intended purpose, and in this case, with the insects in the wound, it is of other dimensions which your limited viewpoint can only truly see should you choose to expand from where you are by engaging directly, not with the intention of fixing, but with the intention of harmony. The end result isn't the goal. And it's only in the engagement of energy with another being that other dimensions will be illuminated. And just like a good song, more voices singing complimentary notes make it all that much sweeter. At least, that's how chimpanzee sees it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. Tune in in two weeks' time where we'll be talking about the sometimes curse of human mythology, bootstraps, dues, and other lessons. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. <laughs>